Bartolo, and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents around the world. I'm Shane Begum. Coming up in this edition, China set out the economic agenda for the second half of the year. Wildfires are still raging in Greece. Global and cybersecurity challenges top the agenda at a two-day meeting of the BRICS National Security Advisors in Johannesburg. We begin in Europe. Ukraine's claimed a drone attack in central Moscow as it accuses Russia of again attacking grain facilities near Odessa. Officials in Odessa reported a four-hour Russian drone attack on port infrastructure on the Danube River. Ukraine said a grain hangar was destroyed and tanks for storing other types of cargo were damaged. In Moscow, drone strikes have hit near the defense ministry and in a southern district. Last week, Russia refused to renew a deal that allowed Ukrainian grain exports through the Black Sea. Since then, Kyiv's accused Russia of targeting grain supplies and infrastructure. Isabel Nakiria has more. The drone attacks by Ukraine occurred near a central Moscow neighborhood that is also home to the Russian Defense Ministry. Reports first emerged around 4 a.m. local time after windows were damaged in a building on Komsomolsky Prospect. Another drone crashed into the top floors of a business center and a construction nearby. Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova called the drone attack on Moscow an act of international terrorism on civilian populations. Traffic was halted briefly but resumed after the area was cleared. In recent weeks, several drones have been intercepted in the heart of Moscow, which the Kremlin has blamed on Ukraine. Over the weekend, the Russian Defense Ministry said Ukraine attempted attack Crimea using 17 drones, but they were intercepted with no injuries reported. Kiev vowed to retaliate, launching attacks on the port city of Odessa that destroyed an Orthodox cathedral. That was Isabel Nakiria reporting from Moscow. Still in Europe, wildfires are raging in Greece. Repatriation flights are returning vacationers home after they got stuck on the islands of Corfu and Rhodes. A punishing heat wave raises the risk of new blazes. Evangelo Sipsis has more from the island of Rhodes. Well, the wildfires that have been burning for the seventh day now on the island of Rhodes are uncontrollable. They continue to burn through pine forest, virgin pine forest, but a lot of olive trees as well as the night snow has now fallen. A resurgence of fire in three or four different fronts, making it very difficult for the volunteers and the fire brigade to go on the ground and to put them up. These high winds that have been uh, picking up ever since the afternoon hours are also making things much more difficult and in combination with the high uh, temperatures and the low humidity levels is a perfect combination for this disaster that the island is now facing. There's a number of people that had to be evacuated. Thousands of tourists had to flee. We've seen those images on social media with tourists wearing masks, holding their bags, their belongings, fleeing from the wildfires. But also a lot of the locals had to flee from their houses, from their taverns, from their restaurants, from their businesses, so they can be safe because these wildfires literally have ripped through their properties, ripped through whatever they had. Things that they built for the past 40, 50 years have now 
gone into and became ashes within a matter of a few minutes. A lot of the people, though, are also pointing the finger to the local authorities, saying that they haven't done enough to do the prevention of fire protection, making these fire zones so the fire cannot reach their village. Now, the Greek Prime Minister has mentioned that the next few days will be difficult. The next three days, the next next weeks, even the next month will be a very difficult one because these areas don't seem to be uh, descending at all. And the temperatures will continue to rise as the country is expecting more than three or four heat waves until the end of August. He, he specifically said that the country right now is at war and is at war with the flames. Those flames that have burned through villages, burned through properties, burned through a lot of farms. A lot of people are now suffering because all they had, or from tourism, or their agricultural um, products that they were selling, have now all been burned. That was Evangelos Sipsis reporting from the island of Rhodes. Moving on to Asia, mass rallies have broken out across Israel after lawmakers passed legislation canceling the Supreme Court's power to overrule government decisions that it deems unreasonable. It's a key part of the far-right government's plan to overhaul the country's judicial system. The move has triggered nationwide protests. Hundreds of thousands have taken to the streets since the start of the year. Stephanie Freed reports from Tel Aviv. Now, the protesters here, they've been on the streets for more than six months, and they were hoping that this vote wouldn't go through, and they weren't alone. Uh, uh, Heads of state, former ambassadors to Israel, former heads of the Mossad intelligence agency, former chiefs of staff were all recommending that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu not go through with this critical vote, saying it would endanger Israel's security, Israel's economy, Israel's future, Israel's society, but that vote went through. And now uh, more votes stand to pass. And again, these are votes that uh, the understanding is they're going to weaken the judicial system and power the government. Where do things go from here? Well, the people here say they're going to keep coming to the streets and they're a little bit bewildered. They're not sure what's going to happen moving forward. There will be an appeal to the passing of bill into law. Whether that will succeed remains to be seen. But I'm hearing here on the streets people saying everything from continue to protest peacefully to this is going to end up in civil war. And one of the ministers in that government has said this is just the first of a number of laws, similar laws, that we're going to pass. That was Stephanie Freed reporting from Tel Aviv. Here in China, senior leaders of the Communist Party of China have held a meeting to analyze the country's economic situation and set the tone for economic work in the second half of the year. Zhu Luoman has more. The Politburo said the national economy has continued to recover and laid a good foundation towards achieving the annual economic and social development goals. Members emphasized the need to establish a new development pattern, comprehensively deepen reform and opening up, and continue to strengthen macroeconomic policies and expand domestic demand. Technological innovation, furthering the development of small and medium-sized enterprises, and stabilizing the exchange rate was also highlighted during the meeting. They discussed matters relating to expanding domestic demand through income increase and stimulating consumption in various sectors, such as automobiles, electronics, household goods, sports, culture, and tourism. As for foreign trade and investment, several measures were put forward, such as increasing international flights and ensuring the stable operation of China-Europe freight trains. Participants of the meeting also stressed the need to support the integration of digital economy and manufacturing, 
as well as the importance of the safe development of artificial intelligence. They called on free trade zones and ports to follow international high standard economic and trade rules. They also stressed the importance of the third Belt and Road Initiative International Cooperation Summit Forum, which will take place in China later this year. That was Ju Wuaman reporting on a meeting that sets out China's economic work for the second half of the year. In Africa, global and cybersecurity challenges topped the agenda at a two-day meeting of the BRICS National Security Advisors in Johannesburg. The gathering is a precursor to the BRICS Leaders Summit in South Africa in August. Julie Shire reports from Johannesburg. It was a busy day for officials from BRICS nations at their meeting in Johannesburg. The meeting kicked off with discussions between BRICS officials and friends of the economic bloc. China's senior diplomat Wang Yi focused specifically on issues of cybersecurity. He spoke of China's efforts to strengthen exchanges and deepen cooperation with emerging market countries, and outlined four points on achieving this. Wang emphasized that cyberspace should be a big stage where all flowers bloom together, rather than a new battlefield for one to place a digital iron curtain. He says that nations must uphold fairness and justice and oppose any form of technological and cyber hegemony in creating an open and inclusive cyberspace. Wang has urged nations to abide by the purposes and principle of the UN Charter and governing models chosen by different countries to advocate the peaceful use of cyberspace. Lastly, countries should practice genuine multilateralism and support the United Nations as the foundation of global. Cyberspace governance and take the concerns of developing nations into account in establishing a fair and just system. Wang Yi's engagement didn't stop there. He also met with India's national security advisor Ajit Doval. China and India are two of the fastest-growing economies in the world and are fully behind the push of multilateralism. That was Julie Shire reporting from Johannesburg. Before we go, here's a recap of the day's top stories. China set out the economic agenda for the second half of the year. Wildfires are still raging in Greece, and global and cybersecurity challenges topped the agenda at a two-day meeting of the BRICS National Security Advisors in Johannesburg. That concludes this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sport, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour news magazine podcast. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Shane Bigham. Thanks for listening.